going on everybody thank you for coming back time and time again so uh, i recently saw on the internet somewhere on social media i'm a big anime fan as you all know but jujitsu kaisen is coming back so i recently started re-watching the old one because i never saw the movie but it's been so long since i've seen that show because i read that the creator he was like something happened to him that the the show was going to take pause so I didn't want to get too into it and then be waiting and waiting. But now that I hear that it's coming back at some point next year, I started rewatching the old season again. I don't remember half of it. I'm like on the fifth episode, but I don't remember half of it. I'm going to watch the movie, but that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Punch the Mouth Podcast. I'm Adrian. So there's a lot of stuff that's gone down between Conor McGregor's um, allegations, between what people assumed really happened. So I'm going to give it to you guys short. People just assumed this chick wanted money because that's what the evidence is pointing to. First of all, her initial statement saying that she was separated from her friend and Conor emerged from the bathroom that's already been denied. Because there's video of Connor coming out of the restroom and taking this person and her friend into the restroom. So that part of that Connor emerged from a stall. Inaccurate. Then, then, this same person was apparently seen with Connor being friendly an hour after the said assault took place. Alleged assault. Right? So this chick's story is falling apart. So we'll see what happens. I'm more interested in seeing if Connor's going to fight this year because now I'm hearing a report is that he missed the deadline for the USADA testing pool in order to fight this year. So now that at the earliest we're going to get him is at some point next year. Let me see if I can go find that. And then we're going to talk about Corey Sanhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov. I finally got the press release for that. So I'll read it to you guys. The co-main event's a good one. But let's see if we can find stuff on this Connor situation. This is from the Sport Rush. I don't know how accurate this source is, but goes on to say reports Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler in jeopardy as notorious fails to meet the USADA deadline. According to sources, Conor McGregor, the former UFC lightweight and featherweight champion, may not fight this year after failing to fulfill the USADA time frame. After a two-year absence, the notorious was due to return this year against Michael Chandler. He was. Slated to headline a pay-per-view this year after finishing the season of The Ultimate Fighter with Chandler. Despite not being formally confirmed, considering McGregor's comeback, the bout garnered a lot of buzz. Dana White also previously spoke about it. Unfortunately, it appears the fight will not take place. You see, this is already misleading. It might not take place this year, but I've also heard reports that Oliveira is going to be the one to fight Conor now. I mean... 
Why Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler might not happen. A UFC fighter must enter the USADA testing pool for at least six months before fighting. McGregor has withdrawn from the testing pool after breaking his leg in 2021 and has not been tested since. He'd melt the cup, okay? The Notorious has gained a lot of weight while healing from his injuries. As a result, many people's eyebrows were raised. His deadline to enroll into the program in order to compete this year was June 16, 2023. However, according to MMA Uncensored, the former UFC chairman has not entered the pool as a result. His duel against Michael Chandler is at risk. However, fans will have to wait for an official declaration on the matter. Many fans will be disappointed if McGregor does not return this year. Michael Chandler, who is currently training for one of the greatest fights of his career, will also be upset. However, if Conor McGregor's bout does not take place this year, Chandler appears to have a name he can face in the cage. Yeah, and then it goes on to say that Armin wants to fight Mike. That'd be a crazy... Bro, get out. Sorry about that. Armin Sarukian calls out Chandler says McGregor fight is over. Armin Sarukian called out Michael Chandler next after grabbing a third round knockout victory at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. Ranked number eight in the division, Sarukian made it clear that he wants someone from the top five after two straight wins. In the post-fight press conference, Sarukian stated that Benil Darius won't be able to make it for the October UFC 294 event in Abu Dhabi after his loss this month. He further added that, given McGregor's recent state, he doesn't think the fight will happen this year. Thus, the lightweight star said Michael Chandler would be a viable option for him. Although it seems like a good matchup, nothing can be said as of now. What do you guys think about Armin Sarukian's call? Do you guys think Chandler versus McGregor will happen? I do, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. And I think they'll, they'd rather keep Mike on ice rather than have him risk the fight. Because as much as people don't want to believe it, Mike Chandler's a fucking star. He is a star, okay? Don't give me that he's not. Because if you start doing that, I'm not going to listen to you, okay? I'm just not. I'm not going to listen, and he's a star. So don't give me any of that, all right? Let's talk about the fights that happened this weekend. Vanim, Vanim, Vadim Nankov defeats Joel Romero. Sergio Perez defeats Patricio Pitbull. Corey Anderson defeats Phil Davis. Gokhan Sarikam defeats Daniel James. Okay, I'm going to level with you guys. I went out on Friday and I only saw the last two rounds of Romero versus Nankov. People are saying that Joel looks old now. I'm like, dude, the dude's 46. The fact that he's still competing at this level is amazing in itself. Sergio versus Pitbull, people saying Sergio was too fast for him. When I saw the pictures of Pitbull, I'm like, eee, this might not be as easy as Pitbull think it, w- it would be. So, and then Phil Davis versus Corey Anderson, eh, that was a good fight from the highlights that I saw. But now Sergio will fight Patchy Minx at some point, either later in the year or at some point next year. Now, Vadim Nenkov. I saw somewhere on social media Scott Coker saying that he has the best light heavyweight division. I only have a few problems with that. My my first my first problem is that even though John Jones isn't fighting at light heavyweight no more, like that's his division. Like don't give me that. And then found it. I found it. Scott Coker. I'm glad I wasn't there because I would have started laughing. I would have started laughing hard. M. Cobb, to me, is the best 205-pounder on the planet in any MMA league, including better than the UFC's 205ers. 205ers. I have two problems with this. One, John Jones is still around. 
two, Yuri Prohaska beat him. I'm not telling you Vadim's not good or that fight. If they were to fight again, that fight would go differently. But the fact that Yuri beat him, like, they went back to the stools and Nemkov didn't answer the bell. But come on, bro. It even says Yuri KO'd him. I wouldn't say KO'd him. He just didn't come back to fight in the next round. So, and then you tell me, well, Yuri lost to King Mo. Okay, but he rematched King Mo and he beat him. So don't give me that. So right now, to me, the best 205 for the simple fact that John Jones isn't fighting in the division anymore is Yuri Prohaska. Like, he's got to win over the Bellator champion. I don't I don't know who the light heavyweight champ in PFL or one is, but he, he beat this guy. So right now, to me, the best 205 is Yuri Prohaska. I don't agree with Scott Coker. And I champion these guys outside the UFC. Everybody knows. But what's next for him? I don't know. I don't know if he's fought out his contract. Because it gets to a point where you've already fought everybody in the organization. So the best move for you is to fight out your contract. And then tell them, okay, let me go so I can go see who else I can fight somewhere else. You know, but Fedor is his mentor. So I don't know if he were to ever go to the UFC. Because... Remember the big deal him and the UFC had? When I say him, I mean Fedor. You know what I mean? So we'll see. But Vadim Nemkov is a threat. God's trying to make Pitbull versus Aaron Pico. That'd be a crazy fight. Listen, it's no secret. I'd love to have him fight Aaron Pico at some point. At the 145-pound weight class. That'd be a crazy fight. That'd be a crazy fight. But Jeremy Kennedy did beat him. I will say that because he like dislocated his shoulder. So I don't know what they're going to do for Pitbull next. They really screwed up not giving AJ the third fight. So AJ's like, all right, well, I'm going to go to lightweight then. If you're not going to give me the third fight. Let's look at PFL and then we'll talk about the UFC fight. And then we'll look at these press releases. Oh, look, Andre Dilja, um, he was hurt. So it says after... It seemed he would miss the 2023 PFL season due to injury. Ante Dilija is back looking to make a quick path towards defending his championship. Dilija, a judo specialist and the protege of legendary Michael Krokop, enters the fight at 23-5 and five in professional MMA with 17 stoppages, 13 in the first round after losing to Bruno Capiloza in the 2021 heavyweight title fight. Dilija defeated Mateo Sheffield, Shelton Graves, and Hennan Ferreira, and Sheffield in a rematch to claim the 2022 championship. Okay, so he was hurt. I thought they wanted to use him for the pay-per-view division. Larissa Pacheco qualifies with nine points. She's probably going to... Well, yeah, this is over, so... So Larissa Pacheco, Marina, Mocha, Hanetinika, Amber, Lane Brock, and Olena Kulsenek, they all qualified. Larissa will take on Olena Kosinek, and I believe Amber Laybrock will take on Arena, and everybody else is out. Dennis Goldstaff, Henan Ferreira, Marcelo Nunez, and Jordan Heiderman, Heiderman, they all qualified. Everybody else is out. Bubba Jenkins, Gabriel Braga, Molde, Kaye and Jesus Pinedo, they all qualified. Brendan Lochnane is out. Marlon Moraes is out. Roji Kudo is out. Tyler Diamond is out. Chris Wade is out. Jesus. So the featherweights will have a new champion. The heavyweights will have a new champion. Josh Silvera, 
Martin Hamlet, Impa Kanesnaye, Ty Flores, they all qualified. The only ones left are the welterweights and the lightweights. That's this Friday. So I think Larissa Pacheco is going to win again. And then let's see, let's see, let's see. Here, let's look at whoever. So heavyweights, they're done. So I think... Let's see. And then Ferreira, I think he'll win. Or not, Dennis Goldstoff. Goldstoff. No, I'm going to go with Dennis because that guy got two finishes in the first round because he's got 12 points. Jesus. And for the heavyweights, I'll go with Josh Salveria. Lightweights, they're still going, but I'm going to have Obir Mercier run it back. Uh, Magomed. I'm going to go with Magomed and Magomed Kirmanov. And then for the women, I'm going to go with Larissa Pacheco because she won in the first round in her last fight. And then featherweights, I'm going to go with Bubba Jenkins. Those are my picks to, for, to win the season. And then the pay-per-view fights, I wonder if they're even going to happen this year, if they're going to wait for Francis next year. We'll see, we shall see. Because they have already said Francis and Ghana will not fight in the tournament because Francis will beat it. We all know this. We all know this that he beat everybody, and I subscribe to the notion that I believe Francis' first opponent isn't even in the PFL yet. I believe they're gonna try to sign somebody big to have fight Francis. It's gonna be funny, and I already said this. I don't know how many fights Stipe has left on his UFC contract, but let's say it's one, and he beats John Jones, and then he goes, "All right, well, I'm not resigning. I'll sit out the whole year." And then Francis sits out till 2025. And then Francis fights him in his PFL debut. That'd be hilarious. That won't happen, but I'm just saying it would be hilarious. I want to make that very clear. So Jerry Kennedy defeated Marvin Vittori. Armin Sarukian defeated Joaquin Silva. Armin Petrosian defeated Christian Leroy Duncan. Pat Sabatini defeated Lucas Almeida. Another Torres defeated Nicolas Montoya. Nicolas Dalby defeated Muslim. Sakilo. First of all, I want to talk about Manuel Torres. That guy is the man. I'm telling you, remember this guy's name. This guy, he will be champion within three years. Manuel Torres. And then Armin, that dude's the man too. Like people are talking smack to Armin because Armin's very confident in himself. So people are talking smack. He's like, dude, you're saying you could take out top five right now and you're getting rocked by a nobody. Joaquim Silva's the man. Just because he's unknown doesn't mean he's a nobody. So we saw, we shall see what happens. Armin's trying to fight Chandler. Let me see if I can find an article about it. I know we talked about it a little earlier, but let's see if we can find a better article. Armin Sarukian says he needs Mike Chandler's name on my list. Expects top five opponent next. I mean, this is what you want, right? Like a dude that has like a chip on his shoulder be like, dude, I should be fighting better competition. And yet people get mad. Armin Sarukian knows what he wants next. The UFC Vegas 75 co-main event this past weekend, Sarukian got back to his winning ways with his seventh UFC win in nine appearances. The 26-year-old Armenian took care of business, dishing out damage to Joaquin Silva en route to a third-round TKO from punches. My only problem with that was that um, I'm like, dude, you could be hitting him harder because he was like, and then once he did get a better angle, he started hitting him harder. So Rukian has been tied as one of the best and brightest rising young talents regardless of the division since his promotional debut against the future light 
weight champion Islam Mahashev in April 2019. Mahashev bested the newcomer, but in a high-level grappling exchange, left many impressed by Sarukian's admirable efforts, and he's now in a, fi a fixture within the 155-pound top 10. Therefore, his pairing with the unranked Silva was an odd one to just about everyone in the MMA community. Assuming things fall apart between Mike Chandler and Conor McGregor after the Ultimate Fighter, Sarukian hopes that he can finally get his hands on the former Bellator title list. That fight makes sense, Sarukian told the Schmo. That fight gives me a lot of opportunity. Michael Chandler, he's a star in our division. He has a lot of experience. I need his name on my list. I want to beat him. I want to knock him out and show who is the new generation. Boasting an impressive 20-3 record, Sarukian only other loss, Sarukian's only other loss in the octagon came via unanimous decision opposite his fellow top 10 contender Mateusz Gamera. The thought of Sarukian winning was relatively common, was a relatively common discussion after the belt, despite all three judges agreeing Gamera was the winner. With each performance, he only feels he's leveling up and deserves an, an elite tier name. Definitely, it's going to be someone from the top five, Sarukian said in his next fight. They can't give me someone from top 15 or unranked. I deserve after I finish this guy. Because I deserve that. After I finish this guy, I am here. They got to give me someone from the top, and I want to get the title shot. I feel so confident because when I spar with fighters, I feel so much better than them. I just feel like I can beat everyone, and I know they're going to give me some one from the top five i'm gonna show my performance and my shape i mean i like his confidence people say that he's too cocky i'm, I'm like dude that is just confident in his ability leave him alone he's confident in his ability i like armin a lot i say within a year that guy's champion so three years for manuel torres a year for armin if not sooner six months to a year let's look at this max holloway opens as astronomical favorite and Korean zombie matchup in Singapore. Max Holloway's next fight is easy work if odds maker are correct. Odds makers. The former UFC featherweight champion faces the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung in the main event of UFC Singapore on August 26th. And Holloway is a hugely favored according to early odds listing by sportsbetting.ag. Holloway is a minus 1,000 favorite Jung is a heavily underdog at plus 700. Jesus Christ. Like, they're saying there's no way Max should lose this fight. Imagine he loses. That'd be nuts. Okay. We're going to talk about this press release, and then we're going to talk about supposedly that Marlon Vera will face Henry Cejudo at UFC 292. That makes sense. It makes sense. USA returns to Nashville with an intriguing bantamweight contenders bout that will see number four ranked Corey Sanhagen take on undefeated number 11 Umar Nurmagomedov, also former strawweight champion and number five ranked contender Jessica Andrade plans to take out unbeaten number 10 Tatiana Suarez. UFC fight night Sanhagen versus Nurmagomedov will take place at Bridgestone Arena on August 5th. The main card airing on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Prelims will be blah, blah, blah. So, originally, it was supposed to be Gender Roba. I don't know if that was rumored or confirmed, but now it seems to be Jessica Andrade. I mean, after all her injuries, if she wins this, she's at least one or at the most two more fights away from fighting for the belt. I mean, 
She should have been champion a long time ago, but she kept getting injured. So if she wins this fight, Tatiana Suarez is on the hunt for the belt. Her and Umar are on the same path. They're the fights that no, they're the fight, the fighters that nobody wants to fight. Like if Umar beats Corey Sanhagen, what rank is Corey? Corey's number four. Like if he beats him, it's over. Like there's no ducking this guy now. And I just realized I need to talk about the Vittori fight. There's no ducking San. I mean, Umar, if he beats Corey Sanhagen, especially if he like breaks him, like I've seen him break the other fighters. I mean, it's gonna be a good fight. I cannot wait. There's no ducking him after this. Sean O'Malley, Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo, Marlon. There's no ducking this guy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he were like to smash Corey Sanhagen, if they have him touted as the backup for either the co-main or the main event on in August. So, Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori. Oh, my God. First of all, I never want to get into a fight with Marvin Vittori. That man scares me for the amount of punishment he can take. And, like, he didn't get dropped once. Like, Jesus Christ, bro. But, like, what would be next for for Jared? He says that if he if Islam... Not Islam. If the Hamza fight gets him closer to the title, he'll fight Hamza. He's ready. He's like, if that fight gets me closer to the belt, I'll fight Hamza. I'm telling you guys, like, Hamza's not to be fucked with. Don't fuck with him if you don't have to. If you have to, fuck with him. But if you don't have to, I'm telling you, like, I have no idea why that guy hasn't fought. The only thing I can think of is because they want to keep him healthy for the Abu Dhabi card in October. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, Jared Cannon here. Let's see where his rank is in the UFC. So Jared's number three. Robert's going to fight Drickis for the, the next title shot in July right now. So if, let's just say, if they come to Jared Kenny and they say, all right, we're going to be fighting Hamza in October. He says, yes, if Hamza blows this guy out the water, Hamza's next. Because they should take Alex Pereira out of the rankings and put Robert as number one, Jared as number two, as far as I'm concerned. Because Alex is fighting at light heavyweight, and he's more focused on fighting Jamal Hill. So I don't understand why they have Alex still ranked at middleweight. Maybe because he hasn't fought at light heavyweight. But as far as I'm concerned, Robert's number one, Jared's number two. So if they come in and they tell Jared, okay, we're going to have you fight Hamza. If you beat him, we'll give you a title shot. He'll say, okay, but if Hamza blows this guy out the water, like, it's over. Like, there's no duck. It's the same thing with Umar. If Umar beats Corey Sanhagen, it's over. There's no more ducking, bro. And I'm not accusing these fighters of ducking, but they just haven't had to say his name because, first of all, Hamza isn't even ranked. He's ranked number four at welterweight. He's not ranked at middleweight. But if he beats Jared, it's over, Okay over this is from Brett Akamoto from ESPN the UFC is adding a pivotal bantamweight contest between former champ Henry Cejudo and Marlon Chido Vera at its UFC 292 lineup in August UFC president Dana White told ESPN on Monday contracts have not been signed but both sides have verbally agreed to a bout it will take place on pay-per-view on August 19th in Boston at the TD Garden. A Bantamweight Championship bout between defending champion Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley is slated to headline the card. Cejudo 16-3 is coming off a failed bid to recapture the 135-pound title. 
in May, the former dual weight champion came out of retirement, came out of a three-year retirement, challenging Sterling at UFC 288, but lost via split decision. Mahuda initially planned on weighing up for a fight against Sterling's teammate and number one ranked bantamweight title contender Marab Dizwalus really, but opted to jump at the opportunity to fight on August 19th, which marks the 15-year anniversary of his Olympic gold medal run in 2008. Vera of Ecuador is also coming off his decision loss. He came up short in his five-round fight against Corey Sanhagen in March. Prior to this loss, Vera had won four in a row. So Hudo and Vera are now number three and number six ranked bantamweight, respectively. I mean, it's a good fight, but, like, I just see Henry winning in so many ways. Like, the only way I can see Marlon winning is if he lands a big shot. Because he's not a volume hitter. He's, like, a power hitter. And it's a three-round fight. So if Henry goes in there and uses his wrestling and wins two rounds easily, he could just run away in the third. You know what I mean? But that's all we're going to do for today, guys. And I'll see you guys later. Have a good day and watch out for episode number two. Um, I was going to try to do some YouTube videos this week, but I got to leave on Friday. So I might just do one more episode and then we'll figure out the YouTube videos later. But they're coming, guys. I promise. I already got stuff planned out. They're coming. The green screen set up. We're ready to roll. All right, guys. Later. Peace.